You're listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. You're listening to episode 373, and I'm your co-host, Brittany Martin. It's no secret that I adore WNB.RB, a community and monthly Ruby meetup for women and non-binary folks. Today, I'm welcoming the three organizers, Gemma Isroff, Emily Gerleo, and Sylvia Vargas to discuss the origins and future initiatives of WNB.RB. But let me first introduce our three guests. Gemma Isroff is currently writing a book about garbage collection with a focus on Ruby. An avid Ruby blogger, she also writes the tip of the week for Ruby Weekly. Gemma has worked extensively as a backend and infrastructure software engineer. Emily Gerleo is a software engineer at Numero, a startup making the next generation of campaign finance tools. In her spare time, she enjoys building tech for good causes, reading fantasy novels, and hanging out with her pets. Sylvia Vargas is a technical writer at Vonage, a tech educator and a Rails and React developer at a queer feminist tech collective from Poland. Prior to switching her career to web development two years ago, she worked as a human rights advocate. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Hi, thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Of course. So I interviewed Gemma on episode 362. So we've heard some of the origins of WNB.RB. But to recap, how did the organization come together? So like I mentioned a little last time, I had been looking to get to know the Ruby community quite a bit more. And so I was going to all these meetups. They were virtual during the pandemic, most of them. So we'd kind of be in Berlin one day and Portland one day at different meetups, meeting different people. And I was seeing almost all men at these meetups and wondering why that was the case. And so started doing some outreach on Twitter and trying to see what was happening. And at the same time was watching a lot of talks about Ruby and at prior Ruby conferences and watched one that Emily gave from RubyConf in 2020 and just messaged her on Twitter saying, hey, I loved your talk. Nothing else I was going for, no real angle. I was just like, thanks for giving the talk. She messaged me back and we just started talking about the meetup from there. Emily, you want to take it away? What happened next? Yeah, sure. So as Gemma said, she DM'd me on Twitter and was just like, hey, I love your talk. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. You know, it totally makes my day when people send me compliments out of the blue. And then she mentioned that she was hoping to start this meetup and wondered if I might be one of the first speakers. And it turns out that I actually had tried to start a similar meetup specifically for women and non-binary people in tech. But before the pandemic, I think we couldn't imagine it being virtual. And so to have this idea of a collective of women from all over the world, specifically working on Ruby was like so awesome to me. And so we got on a call and just hashed it out. And in a month, we put together the first WNB.RB meetup in March. So Sylvia, how did you get involved? So in the past, I was the only Rubies in my workplaces, and that made me very lonely and also made me crave more time with other Rubies. So I attended different meetups and I realized that there was hardly ever any non-binary folks presenting. At the same time, I already co-organized a similar meetup for women in React. So I was also low-key dreaming about starting a similar group for women and non-binary Rubies. So naturally, when I heard about WNB.RB at the RailsConf this year, I immediately wanted to contribute my community organizing experience and just to nurture this warm and welcoming community. 
of women and non-binary Ruby experts and aficionados. And, you know, apart from being a community member, it just gives me so much joy and such a strong dose of energy every time I talk to Gemma and Emily. Just being in a space with women and non-binary folks just always makes my day. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, I cannot say enough good things about WND.RB, and it seems like there have been some parts of the meetup that have caught traction easily. What are those? Well, first of all, I think it's important to talk about sort of what this community has evolved into, because I think it's more than just a meetup at this point. We have a Slack channel where people can talk about all sorts of things from like posting jobs and giving advice and other projects that I'm sure we'll talk about later in this episode. But I think one aspect of the group that has gotten a lot of traction is the advice channel on Slack. When we talk to the people in our community, what they express is that they have never had a space where it is safe to ask questions and especially technical questions without feeling nervous that someone is going to come in and well actually them or judge them or make them feel stupid or incompetent. And so having a space that they know is free of judgment has meant so much to them. And it's definitely meant a lot to me as well. I agree. I actually participated in a really good thread in the advice channel lately where someone asked, you know, I don't feel comfortable posting on the Ruby and Rails Reddit groups or on Stack Overflow. And we just had a really good conversation about possibly proposing answers within the advice channel before posting or talking about the fallout if someone were to argue about your answer. I just thought it was like a really raw place to be able to talk those kinds of things out, which is really welcoming. Yeah, I think to that point, something I see as having caught on really easily too is the ethos we're trying to build. I think most people who enter our community just understand that and continue to make it a safe and welcoming place. We have a formal code of conduct, but haven't had to put it into practice or be worried about it or keep sending it out every day or week like I was thinking we would have to remind folks that it exists. It's instead just been one of the most welcoming and still challenging environments I've been a part of ever. Have you had any issues about anyone trying to join outside of the group that shouldn't? Or has everyone been very respectful of what the group is for? So far, everyone's been incredibly respectful and we can only hope that continues. Sylvia, what do you think has gone really well with WNB.RB so far? What I hear the most is that this community is just really safe and warm and welcoming. So people feel that they can bring a question, a dilemma or a dream and find others who help them through it. So this is tying to what Emily and Gemma have already mentioned. But I also see that many folks actually become braver and maybe this community is influencing their career aspirations as well. I would say that what I hear, especially from more junior developers, is that seeing women and non-binary Rails developers give talks and also participate in discussions definitely help them see themselves in such a position in a not even a distant future. And Emily and Gemma are doing amazing job helping people flash out their ideas for talks, given that they both are quite experienced speakers. 
So this is, we are hoping that this will have a waterfall effect that we will have more and more women and non-binary speakers at conferences, at meetups, uh, who just share their expertise and inspire others. I love that. So staying with you, Sylvia, you know, building a community out of nothing is really hard. So I'm curious, what have been some of the most difficult parts? Definitely. So you see, the three of us were already low-key dreaming about such a community and low-key trying to start one out, right? And so I would imagine that there are so many other people who wish maybe that such community existed, but they don't know that it does. So they don't actively look for it. I would say that one of the hardest parts was for us reaching the women and non-binary rubies because they just don't know that there's such a space for them. And participating in community like this one is just a really affirming experience. So we really hope that more and more folks will come join us. I love that. Emily, what do you think? I totally agree with Sylvia. And I think it's important to note that she has done a really good job spreading the message on Twitter before she kind of joined us as a co-organizer. Gemma and I were both we're not the most social media savvy people. I think Gemma would be okay with me saying this on a podcast. <laughs> totally okay. <laughs> and so when Sylvia joined and she was like, oh, I can post on Twitter. We were like, what? That is amazing. And so she's been doing an amazing job reaching other people. So I just wanted to add that. But I think like in addition to just reaching people, once you have the people in your community, that doesn't necessarily make a community. And of course, like, even though we are trying to gather people under the umbrella of women and non-binary folks, it's not a one size fit all kind of situation. People are looking for different things out of this community and have different needs. And so I think it's been a lot of work, but definitely very rewarding to try and understand the needs of various people in the community and try to provide the resources that will help people no matter where they're at in their career or what other challenges they're facing. So maybe to that point, I would just add that there are so many levels that we are trying to approach this problem from. So for example, it's both big and small things. For example, we have the question on our community Slack channel, which breaks some eyes and brings people closer together. We offer a lot of support for grassroots initiatives from our community members. So for example, if you always wanted to start, let's say a study group or I don't know, an advice circle, then we would help you to make it happen. So realizing what community needs and how we can get everyone involved and feel an ownership of this community is an ongoing process that we revisit every time we talk with the community and among ourselves. I imagine it's incredibly important that the community is virtual because I did spend two years in San Francisco and I joined an organization called Women Who Code, who we're probably familiar with. And there was a Ruby specific night on Tuesday nights. And so that was probably the only space that I've ever seen like an actual decent gathering of women and non-binary folks in the Ruby space. But otherwise, I feel that we're spread everywhere. So I'm curious, Gemma, like what was your approach in trying to locate everybody and invite them to the community? Yeah, spread everywhere geographically. Also, I think something to note is we really started this because we felt like we were filling a void somewhere where this kind of group didn't exist. So there wasn't just 
one community we could contact and be done with it. The initial outreach required us making all sorts of different spreadsheets. One had all the meetups we could find all over the world and at least one organizer's contact information from that. One had all the women non-binary folks in the RailsConf Discord, all of those, and just doing all this cold outreach, both one-on-one and to groups and in Slack groups, just trying to get the word out and making sure we were really reaching people over all different communities and, and geographically in many different places. This episode of the Ruby on Rails podcast is brought to you by Scout APM. Scout APM is leading edge application performance monitoring designed to help Rails developers quickly find and fix performance issues without having to deal with the headache or overhead of enterprise platform feature bloat. With a developer-centric UI and tracing logic that ties bottlenecks to source code, you can quickly pinpoint and resolve performance issues like N plus one queries, slow database queries, memory bloat, and more. Scout's real-time alerting and weekly digest emails let you rest easy knowing that Scout's on watch and resolving performance issues before your customers ever see them. Scout has also launched its new error monitoring feature add-on for Ruby applications. Now you can connect your error reporting and application monitoring data on one platform. See for yourself why developers worldwide call Scout their best friend and try their error monitoring and APM free for 14 days, no credit card required. And as an added bonus for Ruby on Rails listeners, Scout will donate $5 to the open source project of your choice when you deploy. Learn more at scoutapm.com slash Ruby on Rails. Thanks as always to Scout for their continued support. Well, let's talk about the things that you are excited about that are coming down the pipeline. So what upcoming initiatives are you thrilled that WMB.RB is taking on? There's so many. A lot of what I was saying earlier about the ethos and a lot of our goal is just really to empower and enable women and non-binary folks in the tech space and Ruby space to have a larger voice and be able to do the things they want to do and grow in the ways they want to. So a lot of what we've been trying to do within WNB.RB is enable and empower folks to start little spinoff groups or whatever they might be interested in. So some examples of that are we have a CFP working group where folks are working together on different proposals for conferences. We have an interview prep group where folks are posting interview questions, ones looking for jobs. There's a great newsletter that's put out in French called the Women on Rails newsletter. We have a group of people translating that into English to put it out to an English audience as well. And then we have one event coming up on July 27th at noon, which we're all super, super excited for. We're going to have a panel, including Kirsten Pushka, Gabby Stefanini, and Maple Ong, who are all going to be talking about their experience giving technical talks and answering questions people might have about that experience. That's fantastic. Do you envision WNB.RB maybe even having like an informal meetup at RubyConf? So that way, if folks are nervous about maybe attending their first conference or are not going with coworkers, that's kind of like a safe landing and kind of a group that you can locate with? That's definitely something we've talked about. There are no formal plans yet, but I know that it's really daunting to go to your first conference, especially in person after a year of being inside and not talking to people. So I would be really excited to have a group where people can feel shepherded and yeah, sort of included in this larger group of Rubyists. Yeah. In that same respect, Emily, I'd love to get your thoughts, you know, in a post-pandemic world, 
Does anything around WNB.RB change or did you really strike at the right time when everybody was virtual in order to get that adoption? Does anything change, you know, once things become less virtual? I think Gemma and Sylvia should feel free to add anything after this, but I honestly don't think so. I think being virtual has a ton of benefits for our community, namely that we can all connect with each other regardless of geographic location or time zone. We always have our meetups at 12 p.m. Eastern in the hopes that could be a good time for people on the West Coast, U.S., people on the East Coast, and even people in Europe. And so because of that, we have this huge group of people who might not otherwise form a community together or share their expertise. And so I think in that respect, the pandemic has totally changed the way that I think about community and it has opened up this opportunity to us that we otherwise might not have considered. So in that respect, I don't think anything is going to change post-pandemic. I super agree with you because I remember very early on the talk about, you know, we're going to do meetups, you know, during lunchtime and Eastern time zone, which is where I am. And it never occurred to me that community building is part of your job. And so I really like the idea that I can block off that time, really take some space away from my work, be able to learn from really intelligent members of the community, be able to eat lunch and engage and then go back into work in the afternoon completely refreshed. So I actually really love the timing that you all have set up. So I'm going to go back to you, Emily, because I always ask all of my guests this. What are your thoughts on the future of the Ruby and Ruby on Rails communities? Sure thing. So I think that the future of the Ruby and Rails communities is going to be more diverse than it is right now. And I think there have been a few events this year that have sort of pointed in that direction. For example, the sort of backlash to the Rails core team renaming the master branch to main indicates that we as a community need to have a reckoning on racism and inclusion. And I think similarly for the whole base camp fiasco saying that people can't discuss politics at work. That's a diversity issue and an inclusion issue. And so I hope that we as organizers of WNB.RB are playing just a small part in making the Ruby and Rails communities more inclusive and more supportive of a wider group of people and that we are just doing our part to bring about change in that respect. That makes sense. What are your thoughts, Gemma? Yeah, I I totally agree with Emily. I think it's a lot of what we're working hard for. I think that's in the broader community and also at the leadership level, right? If you look at who's on the Ruby core team or the Rails core team, it's not a particularly either racially diverse or gender diverse group of people. And I think we follow our leaders. We as a community tend to look to them for advice and for who does and doesn't belong. And I would love to see the community continue to push for more diversity and inclusion at every level, including that leadership level. And what are your thoughts, Sylvia? One of the attractive sides to the Ruby community are the kindness and niceness of its members and the general atmosphere. But niceness or kindness without policies and actions that are truly inherently inclusive and that prioritize minoritized folks and underrepresented members of the community. It's only declarative and empty. So we definitely need to have discussions around this uh, subject and not only discussions for the sake of discussions or like Twitter storms, but ones that are followed with changes and actions. 
I'm going to direct this question to you, Gemma. So what can listeners who are listening to this who maybe not have heard of WNB.RB already, who might be allies to the community, who could be possible members of the community, how can they help? I think really just supporting us vocally. There were a lot of times initially when we were doing that cold outreach where folks would take the kind of not welcoming reaction to our group and community. And I always appreciated when I didn't have to respond to and feel that when someone else stepped in as a real ally and was able to explain the necessity of this and kind of deal with that negative response. And I hope folks continue to do that and continue to promote our work and promote women non-binary folks and also promote people of color and really make an active effort. I see a lot of those like follow all these people or listen to all these people or read all these blog lists that are just all white or all male. And I really would push folks to think about whose voices they're elevating, who they're empowering and who they're including. I agree with that sentiment because by being a member of WNB.RB does not mean you're only a member of WNB.RB. In some ways, it's almost an encouragement of joining and learning from it and then maybe joining your own local meetup and being able to spread those ideas because it shouldn't be taking away from anybody. It's really an addition. It's another community that you can learn from. And so I hope that people see this as not exclusionary, but really it's bringing up some folks that might not have felt comfortable joining a group before and now are going to almost, you know, get their feet wet and like feel more confident about getting out there and putting out some ideas, maybe guesting on podcasts, speaking at conferences, answering those Stack Overflow questions. That is the dream, right? Completely. I was recently at a Philly Ruby meetup virtually, and there was a woman there from the WNBRB community, and she referenced what someone else from the WNBRB community was working on who wasn't there. And that, to me, was the moment it really clicked what we're trying to build and what we're going for, which is elevating each other in these other communities even, right? And getting our voices out and empowering each other and building all of that in the broader Ruby space as well. We all know right now that recruiting for Ruby developers is incredibly difficult. And I love the fact that we can't use the excuse anymore that there isn't any diversity in the Ruby community because you three are proving that there is. And so I think it's incredibly important that we have that space and that we know that there are women and non-binary folks who are writing Ruby every day. And so I want to thank you so much for all of the efforts that you've put into this. So Sylvia, how can listeners follow WNB.RB? You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at WNB underscore RB. Fantastic. Emily, do you recommend if someone is interested in joining WNB.RB, should they join the Slack group first or they should they come to a meetup? Do you have any recommendations around that? I think either way, our Slack group has plenty of people who haven't come to a meetup, either because that's not what they're interested in or that time doesn't work for them. And so you wouldn't be alone in that respect. And if you want to join our Slack group, then you should either come to a meetup and we will send the link out there or you can reach out to any of us on Twitter or the WNB.RB Twitter itself and then we will give you the link. Fantastic. Well, then one by one, let's check in with each of you about how listeners can follow you individually. Gemma? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Gemma Isroff. Lots of double letters in there, but I'm assuming it'll be linked from somewhere. 
you can also read i blog quite a bit at gemma.dev j-e-m-m-a dot dev but also just wanted to say i mean definitely feel free to follow we're also really interested in having conversations and dialogue and any feedback so engaging in conversation is equally welcome fantastic how about you emily Similar to Gemma, I'm on Twitter at Emily Gerleo, also a hard last name to spell. So please check the show notes. And I'm also at emilygerleo.dev. And lastly, Sylvia. Yes, also a difficult name to spell. The first name is spelled with a W. So it's Sylvia Vargas. Check the notes, <laughs> I would say. Wonderful. Well, thank you all so much for taking the time to come onto the show today. I think what you're building, again, is incredibly important. And I'm looking forward to speaking to several of you tonight during the CFP Working Group. Thank you all. Thank you so much for having us, Brittany. Thank anytime. You. And you're welcome back anytime. And I will see you at the next meetup as well. You've been listening to the Ruby on Rails podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded to stay in the loop on Ruby on Rails and open source software. While you're at it, please leave us a review. And thank you for listening.